0: Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the show that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company. From product development and engineering to omnichannel marketing, we've helped our clients launch thousands of inventions and earn more than $1 billion in sales over the past 20 years. Each week, I interview a startup success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your launch to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype, the weekly newsletter that goes out and shows you the best inventions that just launched. Make sure to check out ProductHype.co and join the hype squad. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I'm super stoked because I am speaking with Mr. Suba. And if you haven't heard of him, then you need to go and check out all of his campaigns. He is the most funded winter sport crowdfunder ever. He is the founder of Snowfeet Company. He's created several crowdfunding campaigns during the past five years across multiple platforms and countries, over 6,000 backers in total, and he's raised over a million dollars. So, Mr. Suba, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. What's up, guys? <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited about diving in today. And uh, before we do all of that, if you would, give, give our audience a little bit of your background and how you got started in entrepreneurship. <clears throat> well, I think it
1: was in 2015, plus minus. I went to, I was in college, and um, I just, it was for the first half a year. And I decided I don't like the college anymore. I want to build a business. And I remember that I used these short mini skis uh, when I was younger with my friends. We used them on, on hills around our region and we loved them so much. And I thought, well, they don't have them abroad, so I'll try to sell them abroad. So, so I did that and it went pretty well, so we developed a better model and, and created a brand around it. So yeah, in 2018, we launched our
0: first campaign uh, with Snowfeet on Indiegogo. Yeah. You had tremendous success with that. So I'm really interested to know what, I mean, I think it's a really cool concept because you're kind of innovating in a, in a sport, you're creating kind of a new category which is always the most exciting piece of crowdfunding, right? Is just bringing something that's totally game changer, brand new, stops you in your tracks on social media in terms of scrolling and being like, what is that? They look like they're having so much fun. So how did you go about, you know, through the first process of bringing your first product to market and then solving that, that problem of, you know, overcoming any fear that someone may have had? Yeah. 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 It's like this kind of product has
1: one big disadvantage and that is that no one knows it. No one is searching for it. No one even wants it. Um, but the big advantage is that it's so unique and so new that, uh, it's very easy to grab attention of people with a nice video online on Facebook, on YouTube. So we just went to Italy. We made some great videos. And then we shared them online, mostly Facebook and and, and YouTube and Instagram. And people, people really either loved it or hated it. And, um, I love the haters. The haters are amazing because they, they comment and because they comment, they spread the video. So we, we really created a big viral videos online of people either loving it or hating it. And, uh, you know, it got, I think over 50 million views, even more in total, all old, all, all kinds of videos that either we shared or other media companies shared, And out of these 50 million people, there are just a uh, couple thousand crazy, crazy people who will buy it and they really loved it. So yeah. And I, I always knew that people will love it because, you know, I love it so much. Whenever I use the product, I love it so much that I thought there must be people like me somewhere in the world. And, uh, especially in the U S and, uh, yeah, we found out that there are, it's, it's basically like, um, it's also taking a <clears throat> sport that already exists, like inline skating or ice skating right. on a different terrain, which is snow in this case. So it's like snowboarding, you know, that was um, surfers or skateboarders who just wanted to have fun on the snow, so they created snowboard. And this is basically for hockey players, inline skaters, rollerbladers, uh, ice skaters who want to have fun on snow. And uh, that's 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 our product: snow feet or ski skates.
0: You bring up a, an important thing that I think a lot of creators or people that are hesitant of launching their idea is the haters right is the commentary that my, my product might not be a good fit but you guys fully embrace that and you know look at the success right i think you know instead of drawing a line in the sand you drew a line in the snow and said this is what we're making love it or leave it these people want to have fun on the mountain doing it a little bit different than everyone else right all the traditional skiers or you know even more newer snowboarders if you will and you guys have fully embraced, you know, the the haters and said, "Hey, it's great. Yeah, comment all you like. Hate it all you want, but we're still here. We are a force. People enjoy this sport." And I think a lot of the entrepreneurs don't necessarily embrace that or take that opportunity to have that dialogue with, you know, customers or people that aren't going to be customers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're they're just <clears throat> afraid that their brand or product would be criticized and um that's a completely normal thing like i'm a hater too sometimes i hate other products too and uh it's okay you can just um you know when whenever i look on facebook or anywhere if if there's a very viral video it's it's often around a very controversial topic right which, which has two sides and the two sides fight in the comment section, and that's how the video gets gets viral sometimes. so yeah, but I don't want it to sound like uh, we have so many haters it's it's um, most most of the most of the people really love the product, and um, yeah, now our videos are not as viral as, as it used to be as they used to be, so they don't they don't go they are not shown to all the, all the people who never never even skied, they are usually shown to people who either ski, snowboard or, or inline skate. So, uh, they, they are more kind of our target group, which yeah,
0: now it's, yeah. People usually have a good feedback. So. Absolutely. So you've mentioned that the product initially was a little bit more common in your region in the Czech Republic, I believe. How did you go about designing it for, let's say, more of the American audience or global audience? And what did that process look like in terms of deciding on what features to include or not include with those designs now? Well, it wasn't
1: so much that we designed it for American customer. Um, We only used, um, uh, let's say, American shoe sizing in our texts and okay. This stuff, but um, there were products like these uh, throughout the history in many different countries. Even um, yeah, th- there were really many products like these, and uh, in the past two centuries, and none of them really really created the product market fit. So it was either uh, very cheap product for kids or it was too pro, but there were not people who would be, would be riding it. So I think with Snowfeed, we created a great, great mesh of both of these worlds. So we still made them able to, to be used with winter shoes, which is a very good benefit. You don't need snowboard boots or ski shoes you can basically use them with winter shoes and uh, that gives you the ability to to walk up the hill with snow feet in your backpack and then put them on once you're on top of the hill and slide down and so we take them on our hikes um that's that's the perfect way to use them and but at the same time we added metal edges and other features that enable you to take them on a slope. So it's very versatile. You can take them on a slope, on a hiking trail, on sledding hill, to the snow park. So I think we created a very versatile product that isn't as expensive as uh, traditional skis or snowboards. You don't have to buy all the equipment like ski poles, ski boots, you know, snowboard boots just buy <clears throat> these short skis and and you're all set so it's also very simple i think people like the idea of uh simplicity they just want to have fun you know it snows Absolutely. you just want to slide down the snow and you don't want to carry all the equipment expensive equipment you just want to have fun so
0: yeah so in talking about fun you know you guys just finished your your most recent campaign for ASLED. Um, how did that product evolve? Or what was the evolution of that? I'm assuming it came from maybe some of the feedback from your first community of people that you know, backed the first campaign, but also for you guys just wanting to have fun in terms of sliding down the mountain and falling on your butt, but still being able to have speed down the mountain while going down on your rear. Yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish there was
1: a feedback from our customers uh, so that we, didn't, we, we wouldn't have to come up with the idea but okay. unfortunately they didn't have the idea so we had to come up with it ourselves but it wasn't that difficult because we we simply I think it was um, one time I went on a hike on a big hill uh, close to close to my home uh, that's quite famous for, for hikes so it was full of people on, on the weekend and um, I always take the Take the snow feet with me, and I watched people sliding down the down the sledding hill and uh, none of it, none of them had snow feet, none of them had snow feet. it was a small sliding hill, so most the kids and uh, all of them had uh bob uh, sleds you know bob sleds and so I was thinking about it and uh, then I saw people using uh, plastic bags you know people from from a city who just went, uh, who sees snow once a, once a year on this, on yeah. this uh, hill. And they, took, they don't have sleds, so they took um, plastic bags. And I remember we did that when we were kids too. We, if, when we didn't have sleds or we wanted to try it, we, we used the plastic bags. And when I talked to my grandfather, he even remembered um, using old jute bags um we're okay. sliding down the snow so yeah it seems like everyone if if you live somewhere where it snows everyone tried it at least once once in their life and so i thought yeah that's that's also very practical you can just simply put it in your backpack or even in your pocket so let's try create something like that and um uh, Yeah, we, we like to have fun with developing new products and, uh, we thought, yeah, why not? Let's, let's try it. Even if we were the only customers who will use it, we will have so much fun that we just have to try it. And, uh, yeah, then we come up with the name Aslet and it was all about the fun. So yeah, so that's my coffee machine.
0: Yeah. It looks like you guys had a lot of fun just looking at your crowdfunding videos, you guys, you know, uh really enjoy the products while you were out there and filming it and putting it all together. A lot of humor in them. I think that really resonated with the crowd. So what, what I'm interested in now is what was your first introduction to crowdfunding and then what led you to wanting to launch Snowfeet with crowdfunding to begin with?
1: I think it was the, it was watching other entrepreneurs and uh, their stories. So that's one of the reasons I'm doing this interview. I was very inspired by other entrepreneurs' success stories, how they launched their products and how they created a brand and their company. And um, many of them, uh, those, like, let's say five years ago, many of them created crowdfunding campaigns. Yep. And so I thought, yeah, well, let's try it this way. And I was always very inspired by all kinds of new innovative products that could be
0: launched there. And um, so we did it, yeah. What are some of the tips or things that you guys have changed over the years in terms of launching new products on crowdfunding, in terms of your preparation for each campaign? What changed during the past years? How we. Yeah, what are some of the things that you guys did in the first ones but have now changed over the years in terms of preparing yourselves better for them? yeah well, I must admit we didn't
1: improve that much because with every new campaign we have a lot of work with um you know our own business we now sell on our website and on many other places, so we have so much work that we don't we don't put as much effort into the crowdfunding campaigns as we used to when we when we launched our first two, but I think we did. We kind of learned from the mistakes. So we found out which uh, ads agencies are good to work with and which ones are very bad to work with. So now we only use the, the ones that are good, and we avoid the bad ones. We learned that um, it's very good to launch on Japanese crowdfunding platforms, which I wanted to share with the audience that uh, once you're successful with your product on uh, Kickstarter or, or Indiegogo, I would highly recommend to launch a campaign on
0: Campfire, or uh, do you remember any of other? There's another one, I believe, Green Funding, yeah. I believe is another Japanese one. Green yeah, there's, a, there's an amazing audience of, you know, early adopters that just yes. back. Projects only on their their localized platforms. Same with like Korea, you know, with a Wadis or you know a few of these other regionalized crowdfunding platforms. It's very interesting to see those trends. So it's great that you're giving that advice to other founders as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like
1: Makwakan. That's that's another yeah. one. And really try it. I would highly recommend it. You can do it with a partner uh, from Japan. There are many people who offer this kind of service. We now uh, create these. Campaigns on, in Japan with our uh, distributors. So, yeah, I would do it. We also tried it in France on a platform called Ulule, I think that's the name, and um, that wasn't that successful. So, I don't. I don't recommend it. It was a waste of time for us. Uh, from some reason, it's it's probably either very difficult to to get the traffic there or. Even the platform and and the French people they are not used to funding projects this way. So yeah, I, I wouldn't try it again. But on on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, we learned that let's say using your newsletter uh, prototype that always gains new backers. Yeah, we have a we use agency Jellop from from Israel. I think they're, they're quite good at the Facebook ads, even though I didn't really create a, I didn't really, I've never done very good AB testing with all the agencies. So you never know. Yeah. um,
0: Nice. Well, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? I think the ability to have uh, freedom
1: and um, to be financially independent and um, to do what I want to do, whatever it is, to not be restricted by one profession. Yeah, to build something that lasts even after you die, and to to have a positive impact on people around you, to employ other people. To create products that people love, to, to improve something, let's say, to, to create a better kind of company the, and, um, and uh, yeah, remove the old companies that are not as good as the, let's say, new generation of companies. Yeah,
0: Absolutely. Out with the old, in with the new, right? Let's see if you could give any entrepreneur throughout history, a pair of snow feet and shred down the mountain with them, who would it be? I'm sorry. You would have, you, you would have to repeat it. If, if what entrepreneur do you wish that you could go skiing down a mountain with? Okay. <laughs> well, that would be one, uh, that you definitely
1: don't know, but, uh, that I would highly recommend you research and it's, uh, Tomasz Baťa, and uh, he's a Czech entrepreneur. Um, okay. Yeah, it's like um, he died 100 years ago, so he's an old, old guy, but he was very revolution- revolutionary. I would say something like uh, Edison or Ford uh, in the U.S., uh, and he created a big company uh, making shoes and, and okay. then other, other products. So, yeah, that one.
0: What would have been your first question for him?
1: I think it would be um, what makes his life meaningful, what advice he would give me in life to live a good life and to create a good uh, work-life
0: balance. Nice. What, um, next question, what advice would you give to a new inventor or entrepreneur that's looking to launch their invention?
1: I would tell them, find something that you love and make it, uh, make a, make a product around it, find something that you love and make a product around it. It's always great idea to be a customer of your product, you know? to be the first customer. And um, if you really love it, then you're quite sure that there will be at
0: least a few other crazy people that will love it too. Hopefully, right? Yeah. Uh, Here's a, here's a easy one for you. What's your, what's your favorite mountain to, uh, to cruise down? Okay. Well, it's
1: Madonna di Campirio and uh, that's a ski resort in, Italy and, uh, South Tyrol, Um, yeah, close to, let's say Trento. It's, it's the Northern part of Italy. I would recommend it to, to anyone going there. They have very wide slopes, not too, not too steep. Yeah. Just ideal, very beautiful scenery, um, beautiful place, beautiful place. And if it was, um, local hill for hiking and, uh, hiking trails, that will be Radhošť, which is close to, close to my home.
0: Nice. All right. Last question. And given that you've run multiple crowdfunding campaigns, really interested to hear your take on what does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it will be more difficult. It already is, uh, more difficult,
1: uh, as with all e-commerce stuff, because the ads are more expensive and, mm-hmm. um, even the big companies are online now. So it's more competitive. It's more difficult to launch a new campaign. But that makes, um, that makes you think twice if you launch or not and work harder. So I hope it will continue being more professional so backers will be more Secure, more sure that uh, if they back a, pro- um, a campaign, it will probably succeed. And um, I think big companies will will jump on this on this trend. Even though I'm quite surprised they they haven't done so in a bigger in a bigger way uh, yet. But yeah, I think it will go more professional. Yeah, we're already behind the big um how do you call it uh behind the wild west of the crowdfunding campaigns and now we're we're more we're in a more professional stage so but we'll see i would have to ask you this question i'm not (laughs) that smart about it
0: no i agree I i wish there were more larger companies enterprise companies jumping into it and testing out product ideas before wasting tens of millions of dollars on ideas that nobody really wants or wants to support or really needs. So it's getting there, but it's it's much slower than I expected in terms of the, you know, uh, attrition rate of these enterprises using it and the tools that are available to them because most of the times they don't have conversations with their customers, right? And I think that's the beautiful part of using reward crowdfunding is that you can have a one-on-one dialogue with the creator, offer feedback, suggestions or just, you know, tell them how much they really enjoyed the product.
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're wasting their opportunity, but that's that's an opportunity for us, small companies. Absolutely. Well, Mister Suba, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch. Tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check you out. So, for those who are interested in our in our products, you can
1: go to our website, Snowfeedstore.com. You can Search for it on Google. just don't click on the ads because that will make Google even richer, which we don't want. Uh, click on the organic result and um, yeah, uh, if you're just interested in learning about how to create the campaign, you can you can send us a message through our website. I, I can't promise that I will, I will uh, reply especially if this video goes viral, which I don't expect, but (laughs) if it does, don't, don't contact us, please. But if, if you're interested in uh, launching a new project, I would definitely uh, recommend you to do so and um, just uh, do your homework, um, uh, really do it very well. Put time into it, create a great video. A uh, great product, product is first. Uh, if, if you don't have a great product, don't don't even go there. It must be something that you would be able to launch without the crowdfunding campaign. It must be something that you would be able to launch just by word of mouth. So you must have a great product, then create a great video, great marketing, and then create a big list of, of first backers. And um, yeah, and do your best and, and you will see. And uh, never give up because uh, if your first campaign doesn't succeed, that doesn't mean that the second one won't. And uh, yeah, so you have to keep trying. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Great advice, audience. Thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And Mr. Suba has been gracious enough to uh, give us a discount code for some of his products on his website. So make sure to head over to the website to get that code. And of course, I got to thank our crowdfunding podcast sponsor at Product Type, the top newsletter for new products that just launched. Mr. Suba, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, too. It was great talking to you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to do more projects with you. Absolutely.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you for tuning into another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, life and world with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, make sure to show us some love, you know, by rating us and reviewing us on your favorite listening station, whatever that may be. Your review really helps other founders and startups find us so they can improve their craft and achieve greater success like you. And of course, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need any help, make sure to send me an email at info at I'd be glad to help you out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next week.